0: Tessa Mero from Cloudinary, part of the MDE program. How's it going, Tessa?
1: I am doing very well. I had my lunch. I had uh, a lot of coffee, and I'm good to go.
0: So how how did the uh, jelly bean contest go? I know you had a, a like a dev <laughs> avocado uh, situation going there.
1: Yeah, so a friend of mine who's also a developer advocate at Amazon was talking about really spicy jelly beans that nobody can handle. And I'm like, challenge me. (laughs) I'm very competitive with everything, everywhere. And yeah, we ended up recording it all. It's on YouTube. It's pretty embarrassing. It's like nothing exciting to see except us sweating with our eyes watering and, and re, and full of regrets, <laughs> but Man, it wore off pretty quickly.
0: You're still vertical. You didn't die. So it <laughs> yeah. must not have been too bad. Awesome. It was fun. Um, so yeah, let's get to know you a little bit. Um, you grew up in Washington. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. I lived here my whole life. I was born in California. Um, my dad lived in Korea and, um, met someone there and brought her to the U S and she wanted to live in South uh, weather, similar to South Korea. And that's how I ended up here in the Seattle area. And I've been here my whole life.
0: So have you always wanted to kind of get into the tech side of things, or did you happen to stumble upon that um, kind of throughout your, your course of schooling?
1: I've always been in tech Uh, growing up with a Korean mother. You were not allowed to go out anywhere or, (laughs) <laughs> not with friends outside of your home. Uh, so my only options was being on a computer. So I've always used wow. a computer. My dad was a, a computer engineer, still is. And we used to build computers together and, and that's all he talked about was computers with me every day. So that's it's ingrained cool. in my mind.
0: <laughs> Very cool. Um, so I noticed like even, even early on, like you're evangelizing tech and Um, building up like communities and teaching and stuff like that so did your dad just kind of like embed that into your dna at some point and it kind of took off for you
1: um he's more of a like eight to five type of person um i kind of you know went went my own way and and really enjoy just teaching and and being highly involved i just have this endless energy and I've always been like this, even in high school or junior high school. I was just involved in every possible activity, every sport, um, lots of different clubs, and it, it just never ends. And I'm always helping others and and teaching others.
0: Very cool. Um, so I know like you're from Korea, you travel like a lot. Um, is Family it mostly
1: first gen I'm a first
0: generation Korean. First off the boat or fresh off the boat. I think that's right. the ABC uh, thing. Yeah. Um, so all of your travels, I always hear you traveling. You're going somewhere. Is it mostly mostly for fun? Is it for the job?
1: Oh, I, I try to do a, a good mix of it. But, you know, yeah. since 2011, I've been, you know, traveling. I started out going to a business event in uh, New York City. And I've been addicted since, like going to one yeah. conference. And I'm just like, I need more. I need more because I got so many business connections from one event. And that one event introduced me to a group of developers that uh, convinced me to start contributing to an open source project, which led to five years being part of that project. And it really helped jumpstart my career uh, during my contributions to the free and open source project, specifically Joomla. Uh, I I ended up becoming, well, I started as a bug tester and then... I was in a lot of different teams working my way up and I eventually became a developer advocate for them and traveling to PHP events, uh, CMS events, did a lot of keynote presentations. And with all that teaching and Um, volunteer developer advocacy and being a developer in the past led to a developer advocate position at Cisco systems. And that was my last job. And I mostly did traveling. I just traveled the world and and speaking to developers on their behalf.
0: Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, Having the opportunity to like travel for the job and build up those, those points so you can go personally. Right.
1: I, I do travel for fun and half of it's with points. Sometimes I'll, I'll spend my own money. I try to take a trip every one to two months, whether it's a weekend trip or a couple days or a week. Sometimes I'll work remote there. Sometimes I'll take the days off. Uh, Depends on where I'm going and what I'm doing. But my favorite thing in travel, I'm not much of a sightseer. I don't like have all these. I don't make any plans and do all these things. (laughs) I like to find a nice evening restaurant to go to and then find a nice bar to go afterwards. And that's all I do. Like, I don't,
0: that's very un, cool. unless
1: I go to like a, a location like Egypt, I want to see the, sure. if I go to Rome, I want to see the Colosseum, which I've done that in a million other countries and places.
0: Yeah. You always have to see those key sites, right? Key kind of sites. Where...
1: That's all I care yeah. about. <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. Very cool. I know what like when my wife and I did Italy. It's like you gotta go to the Roman Coliseum. You gotta like all those big ones that you know. So it's kind of a a key for sure. Um, so so you're at Cisco and you're kind of doing the dev advocacy thing. Um, so how did you get started at Cloudinary? Did they reach out to you? How did that go down?
1: So I haven't had to apply for jobs for quite a while now. Um, it It all started with, uh, well, of course, I loved my job at Cisco. Everything was going well, but then I got reached out by um, the big five companies, a couple of them uh, during that time, and was interviewing through that, and I I started telling a few people in my network about my interview process and how much I'm studying for them and everything, and one of the, my mentors, I always have men, you always have to have mentors, right. right? Like to to move up. Uh and a mentor in my business network. And he's like, hey, I like I know someone looking for a developer advocate at a smaller company. And I'm like, well, I want to make it clear, I'm only looking to move from one big company to another big company. I'm not really like into s- startups or s- mid-sized right. companies. And but you know what? I have a rule in life. I always just check out opportunities and because you never know. Just just try it out. So, I went I interviewed and I ended up falling in love with the product. Um, wow. the story of cloudinary success and there is amazing people that work there and I want I want to work for a product that I have a strong belief in its success. Thank you. And where I feel proud to advocate it to other developers using it um, in, in comparison to maybe moving to a company where I'm not so much excited about the product. And you can kind of sense it from, you know, the developer advocate. And I, because of my passion for the product, I, I put a lot more effort and a lot more work into what I do.
0: So I know you do like a lot of conferences to continue to get that word out um, for kind of the advocacy for for Cloudinary. Is it mainly like developer conferences that you're you're kind of pushing for that um, MD program, or is it um, like CMS conferences or any of what What does that mix look like for you? Because I know Cloudinary is used across a million things, right?
1: So. Different developer advocates at Cloudinary, we have our focus on different ecosystems. And my ecosystem focus is Vue.js and the Jamstack community, JavaScript, APIs, markup. And, and then there's a lot of like one-off conferences or random events I'll go to. I plan on going to one PHP conference this year because I, I played a huge role in that community for so long. Sure. I've been part of a lot of different developer ecosystems and I just really enjoy, you know, getting to know the community and, and, and contributing it, contributing to it in in some way or
0: form. Yeah. You talked about like the networking piece at conferences. I find that to be like the biggest part of um, conference going, honestly, like you can finally meet uh, face to face with someone Maybe you're working on an open source project on. Maybe that's kind of your your kind of shoe in. And that's actually what got me into the MDE program. Um, We, we actually met up at Refactor Tech and you just stood up and said, hey, we're looking for MDEs. And I started like, what is this? What's, what's it all about? And then I realized, like, I'm already using Cloudinary. Why wouldn't I? want to be a, a part of their story and their development experience. And so that's kind of what got me into the MD program. I can imagine all the conferences that that you go to, like people see the product and they're amazed by it. And then just, you know, having this strong community surrounding it, it it's kind of phenomenal. Um, So I know I could be wrong on this, but I believe you fully took over like the MDE program. You're now managing the program? Yes,
1: so a few months ago, I was asked to take over the Media Developer Experts program, uh, MDE for short, and help with its new strategy and growth. And it's been a bulk of my job, and I'm probably gonna cut down travel just a little bit throughout this year uh, to focus on really um, focusing on the growth of that. And, and I'm actually very excited about it. And in fact, on the next couple of weeks, I'll be presenting to the entire company my whole um, strategy plan. I have it all written down, um, but it's more fun to see a, a, an actual presentation in a visual form.
0: Uh, yeah, so for can sure.
1: Poke it in a lot better. And, you know, the plan is to double the growth of the program every year to match the growth of Cloudinary. Cloudinary has been growing you know, double the size in like every one two years. It's it's quite amazing, and you know, with with this growth um, plan, you know, it's going to be both beneficial for the developers in these ecosystems and for a company. It's like a win win both ways. And um, people who are listening probably don't haven't heard of the Media Developer Experts Program. It's not really about you know, advocating Cloudinary API in any way. It's you know, it's advocating media.
0: Wow. Yep.
1: We're we're currently a group of 31 MDES. Uh, anyone can apply to be part of the program, and I go through applications and interview and actually and, and talk to people and and go through their work history and and their contributions to um, developer communities and, and see how they're involved. Um, but we have 31 people that represent different regions in the world in different developer ecosystems. The MDE program is a global initiative for developer influencers or developers who are just passionate about learning, uh, passionate about growing, and sharing their expertise in rich media technology or rich media management, anything media-related. Um, if they are involved with Gatsby or uh, AngularJS, uh, anything involved with talking more about media. Maybe they talk about um, accessibility or just any kind of topic, any kind of passion area they have as long as they have like a mention of media so people you know are aware of you know what all you can do with it. Right. So these developers, they build their brand as media experts within their ecosystem and they advance the technology adoption of rich media. And it's all supported by Cloudinary, uh, whether it's monetary, Um, sometimes we'll pay for selected individuals travel to events, uh, sponsoring their events. Um, Maybe they organize their own meetups or conferences. We uh, support them with resources, whether they need training, whether they need mentoring, um, or just simply connecting them with people in, in the whole developer network.
0: Yeah, that's very cool. Um,
1: and and we all work together towards a common goal where we're fostering a community of media technology professionals around the world.
0: Yeah, that's one of the biggest things that attracted me um, to the MDE program. I'm constantly looking, you know, to build up the development community. And within it, if, if you're not dealing with media in some way, shape or form um, on the web, like, I don't know what you're doing exactly because you're typically dealing with at least images, but, um, these days, probably more video type based, uh, setup. So it's pretty, pretty cool to see that. Um, I, I was actually going to pop open real quick for those, um, on the podcast. I, I was going to show my screen and show kind of all the SDKs that exist. Yeah. Do this here. So this is the main page of Cloudinary. Um, For those who haven't been on and and it has like image management, video management, uh, digital asset management. Um, One of the crazy parts, though, is all of the SDKs that actually, oops, I was in the Angular one here. Let me bounce out. So these are all the different SDKs. So just to rattle off the list a little bit here, um, maybe I need to make this smidge bigger. Um, so Ruby on Rails, PHP, Node.js, Java.net, like that's all the backend type of SDKs. Um, the client side ones, anything JavaScript based, right? So React, Angular, um, jQuery, Vue.js, they're all going to work plus mobile SDKs. So, um, one of the, one of the questions I actually had for you, Tessa is, and maybe you don't know this, I don't know. I'm kind of putting it on the spot. Um, how big is the staff that keeps all these SDKs going? Is it large within Cloudinary? Is the open source side huge? What's that look it's, like? It's
1: not open source, uh, and I know okay. we we have an SDK SDK team that are uh, responsible for for managing that, and and that's what they do. That's their full time job, all day, every day. They're they're working really hard right now. They just uh, so as like a beta test of they're actually rewriting all of the SDKs. And wow. they just rewrote the PHP one and called a PHP 2.0 SDK and, and put that out there as like a test to see, you know, how developers react to it, if people are updating their code um, or if they plan to just keep it how it is. And they're going to roll out a 2.0 version for each SDK. And um, there's, there's so many, like, because of our growth at Cloudinary, there's just so much more that's going to be, um, added later the like interactive documentation an amazing developer experience and um, you know and and just the documentation i'm i'm really excited about and it's just going to make it so much easier for developers to be able to write code in a great cloudinary with whatever their language they're working with and to be able to figure out how to use different features quickly so I'm, I'm excited cool. about just what the future brings, and it's in the future. When I say future, it's not that far away. Yeah, the that's cool. Very I hard. didn't. <laughs> yeah,
0: I actually didn't know um, that they were uh, rewriting those. So that's pretty pretty interesting. I'll have to do a, a video on the conversion of some of their stuff then. Um, outside of the SDKs, um, software development kits for those uh, who don't know the acronym, um, the the biggest thing that I've seen people use and you can correct me on this um, is the URL based um, like image transformations that's huge like the I don't know if it's URL API what you call it specifically but you can basically transform anything just by putting parameters into the URL and it comes back with different image types uh, filtering focusing on a person's face like it's unbelievable what you can do with that
1: yeah and, and with the ability to add third party plugins it's like the features are kind of never going to end it's it's pretty exciting and and with also our our plans of you know doing more having more like use cases one of these days you know we'd like to have like more use cases on our on our website and and to just show like a lot of different problems you can solve using cloudinary
0: sure yeah, I've seen um, even like large scale applications from Adobe um, with their AEM product and their DAM, um, their digital asset management. Um, people have switched over to Cloudinary because it's just the ease of use for doing like transformations and everything yeah, wow. else. It's just, it's so powerful, but yet so simple that it just makes sense for everybody. Right. And I think the pricing that comes along with that, it, it's it hits a sweet spot. Um, across the board from uh, MVP startups all the way through, I don't know if Nike's in there or one of those large yes, companies um, um, for that whole gamut. I mean, it, it just makes sense financially. So it's an awesome, awesome product. And
1: you, you know, one thing that really attracted me to working for Cloudinary is they have the global market share on media management and, you know, we just have so many features that, you know, other competitors or other similar tools wouldn't have. Um, I, I haven't tried other um, similar tools, but that's um, as far as I know, because we have over 590,000 customers right now. And the daily growth is just insane to me. Um, we have like all the big name companies: Nike, Under Armour, Wired, Lululemon, Whole Foods, and like every day, there's another big company that's being added on. And it's like, to me, that's like obvious what the best option is for for your media needs on your applications.
0: Yeah. Um, speaking of that, like one of my questions was, do you know of any direct competitors? The only thing I can ever find is like ImageKit. Is there uh, something? It-
1: the the only competitor that we kind of see as a competitor is mm-hmm. image X, but we, but a majority, if you ask, if you ask everyone at Cloudinary, some would say, no, we don't really think of them as a competitor. And then some will say, yeah, you know, somewhat, somewhat, it's just, you know, different. I think it's really based on, you know, what your media needs are, but right. Ordinary just has so much that you can do, and and fifty percent of our customers are e-commerce customers. So if you're running e-commerce websites, like this is definitely the best option.
0: Oh, that's really a interesting statistic. I didn't realize that. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I've worked at larger companies and worked on apps for them, and. It's painful um, to try to do all the image manipulations uh, to set up like an AWS S3 bucket on top of image manipulation. To like, uh, there's just so much that Cloudinary does um, for such a, a cheap price too. That's why I use it on okay. on my site. Um,
1: yeah, we we make it we make it free for anyone to use. It's it's when you need to use a lot of. It. Tra- image transformations and you yeah. and need to use a lot of resources that's when you know you start having to pay a monthly fee
0: yeah it's pretty cool I'd, I'd love to uh pull in next time maybe some of the like people working on the sdks or um kind of the back-end folks i, I i'd just love to hear the stories on how the product came to be and uh put that put that together i guess so very cool.
1: Yeah, it, it's, um, I I got to hear the story from our CEO um, right when I got onboarded, starting at the company, and it, and it started as a, a consulting company, and where he they created a, a, a media API just to solve like a, a business problem, and then it got to the point where. So many companies were were needing a similar tool because there wasn't anything out there, right. and then it just turned into a company that where the growth was just n- nonstop. Well, he definitely told the story much better than I did. but That's <laughs> my, my five second story of a, a very long version.
0: <laughs> we're, we're gonna have to pull him in sometime so we can hear the whole story. It's it's a beautiful story. Very cool. That happens all the time. It's like how Slack started, how Twitter started, the whole bit. So it's pretty cool. Um, Do you have any last-minute thoughts on MDE Cloudinary before we get into Um, our crazy questions?
1: I guess if you are interested in uh, becoming a media expert or representing media in whatever developer ecosystem you are in, Feel free to apply to the uh, Media Developer Experts program, and um, we'll help you leverage your career and your personal brand.
0: Very cool. I'll put the uh, put the link in that for the application and the details for both uh, the podcast and YouTube. So, awesome. So, uh, my partner loves to ask first of all uh, the random question. So, the one I came up with with you since we met at Refactor Tech. You took a group of us out, and actually, it was my first Korean barbecue experience. Um, so I have to ask you, what is your favorite Korean barbecue dish?
1: Oh, Korean barbecue dish. Okay, so I've been eating Korean food my whole life. I grew up with a Korean mother who only knew how to cook Korean food and nothing else. So my palate's always craving for Korean. And I really like kalbi, Korean kalbi. It's like... A, a, a beef with like the bone in it still and it's uh, marinated for 24 hours and i make it at home too it's really good but when you're at a korean barbecue restaurant to get the real authentic experience you're cooking your dish on your right at your table right? You all of it and it's it's fun
0: that, that was a, that was a super cool uh, event uh, i wish i could make it back to refactor tech this year but i don't think it's gonna happen Unfortunately. Yeah,
1: refactor tech is, it, I love going to refactor tech and I want to go just as much as you do, but it's the exact dates of um, our image Cloudinary's image con conference. Yep.
0: Very cool. Um, so a couple picks. Did you want to throw yours out there first?
1: Sure. Uh, you mentioned to pick out a really cool technology or tool, right? Yeah,
0: we call these our perfect picks for perfect.dev.
1: So when, when you asked that question, I was thinking back, like, what stands out to me? Like, there's a lot of, like, really cool tools, but, you know, that a lot of people are familiar with. But I wanted to name a tool that I see is going, that's innovative, that's going to grow uh, crazy. And it's going to be something that everyone's going to be eventually using, but their name hasn't just been out there yet. But okay. I, I, I met the founder of Stackbit, it's stackbits.com. I met the CEO and the co, who's also the co founder at a Jamstack conference. I mean, a Jamstack meetup in San Francisco. Um, Like, StackBit is like, I would think of it as a CMS wouldn't be the word for it, but I think of it as a CMS where, uh, but it's all like Jamstack style. If you haven't heard of Jamstack, JavaScript, APIs, markup, um, it's a modern web development architecture based on client-side JavaScript APIs markup. With Stackbit, you can build an entire application using all of your favorite Jamstack tools and edit it right on the page. You don't need to change any code at all. And, and that's one thing that you know people think is when you're using... Um, building web applications based on the JAMstack. Like you you just feel like you're managing so many tools and so much code all over the place and it gets really confusing. Like, how does this work? So the process for using Stackbit is so simple and so basic. You just log in, you select your theme, and then you select your static site generator. Then like, for example, Hugo, Gatsby, all the popular ones, Then you select your CMS, which when I say CMS, I mean a headless CMS that's API-driven, like the popular ones, Contentful, Sanity, Netlify, CMS. And then you choose your deployment tool because it has to go somewhere after you launch it, right? So it deploys to GitHub and and to Netlify. And, of course, there is plenty of different developer tools for options. And if they don't have an option there, like I mentioned an option, I can't remember what it was. And they're like, oh, you know, that's, oh yeah, I, I mentioned Airtables. I'm like, you know, what would be really oh, cool is if you have Airtables API integration so I can, you know, use data that's coming from there. Oh, it might've been someone, someone else. I can't remember. But they yeah, think about it and they consider and they do their research. Like they actually listen to customers. Like Cloudinary does. We listen to our developers. We listen right. to our customers and what their needs are. And that's really important.
0: I think if you're part of that Jamstack story, like uh, Cloudinary is and Stackbit is like, you have to listen to your customers, otherwise you're gonna yeah. lose out. So it's it's hugely important. I actually, um, in the last podcast, is isn't released yet, but um, I actually put Stackbit just because we're covering um, Angular's new Scully IO, or Scully. Um, it's oh, their new static. What's that?
1: Oh, you mentioned Stackbit before?
0: Yeah, yeah, but just in the kind of passing because it, I want to see um, Scully for Angular come up on there. That it'll, it'll yeah. be the first Angular product for it. So, um, talking to Aaron Frost last time, I was like, oh yeah, it needs to get on Stack Bit. So, very cool. hundred uh, percent same same thought. Sanity's or sorry, Stack Bit is <laughs> is a a cool product for sure with Sanity backend. Yeah,
1: they have a Sanity <laughs> integration. <laughs>
0: Which, which leads perfectly into my pick, um, which is the asset source for um, Cloudinary Insanity. Ooh. If I could learn how to share my screen again. <laughs> there we go. Um, so it's actually, it's really neat. There's there's a couple of videos out there on how to exactly do this. I haven't gone down this whole road yet. Um, the reason I haven't, Dove into this. I actually use uh, Cloudinary as kind of a reference point um, in Gatsby, and so I I take and hit like a I think it's a thirty pixel wide um, image for my URL, and I pull that in, and then um, once it loads, it, it loads up like twenty source set images, and based on what you know device, whether you're on mobile or desktop or like even my my uh, Mac, it's got a, a two for the pixel ratio, right? So it's a really large resolution image that comes back. Um, so I, I just use the URL, um, but what they've got set up now is that you can take in, grab Cloudinary, but it actually pulls the full image in. And I'm not quite ready to commit to like doubling my storage locations, right? Um, because I'd, I'd have... Uh, I'd have that on Sanity as stored um, image and on Cloudinary. And I'm like, I don't want double management and And, all that stuff. And and Um, for the
1: listeners to like make it super simple sounding, you're taking one image and you're transforming the same image over and over again for different device sizes. So you're not, you know, adding extra storage space. There's still developers out there that are taking, you know, fifteen uh, separate images of the same image of different sizes and, and just taking up so much space. It's, it's all about optimizing (laughs) and making it faster.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, it all, um, pushes out your CDN, right. Um, so on the sanity side, just to finish up that thought, um, so they have built it in a way that you can kind of hook into their um, API piece. So uh, in the future, you'll be able to bring up Cloudinary, select it, and then I can just use the image URL from there on out and get all my fun transformations and source sets then. So it's very cool. Well, any any parting thoughts, Tessa? That is it. Awesome. Well, thanks for so much for coming on Perfect.dev, and we look forward to uh, having you back on soon, I hope.
1: Yeah. And thank you so much for your time. Um, Anytime. I love being on podcasts.
0: Thanks again for watching Perfect.dev. We also host a podcast on Perfect.dev. This feeds out to iTunes, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast.fm, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, and Stitcher. We hope to see you next time. Thanks for watching Perfect.dev.